This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank him upon all conditions. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household and all his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them all and to bless every single one of us. Ameen. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we have heard so much about the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I'm sure every time we hear a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we would hear a name preceding the hadith as to a narrator. Who has narrated the hadith? So there were two people who were very common when it comes to the narrations because they knew a lot. They had a lot of knowledge. One of them, the most famous from amongst all. If I were to ask you, what is the name? What would you say? Abu Hurairah. It's common that we would say Abu Hurairah. That's the reason I asked you. I'm sure all of us here, Abu Hurairah who has reported, wouldn't we like to know who was this man? Who was he? Why is it that he narrates so much of the hadith of Rasulullah So this evening, inshallah, in a few minutes, we will try and explain some aspects of the life of this powerful individual. There was another companion also who is commonly known when it comes to narration of the hadith of Rasulullah His name is Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. The difference between the two is Abu Hurairah anhu was unlettered. He could not read or write. Amr ibn al-As anhu could read and write. So he knew a lot because he used to jot down what he heard. When it comes to Abu Hurairah anhu, his memory was the most powerful and there is a reason why. So today, inshallah, we can learn quite a bit even for ourselves from this. Firstly, he was known as Hafidul Islam, which means a person who has memorized the whole of Islam. He was also known as Sayyidul Hufad, which means the master of all those who have a memory, who have a powerful memory. He has narrated more than 6,000 hadith from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Some say the figure is 5,374, but to be more accurate, it is approximately 6,000, and there is a slight discrepancy regarding the exact figure. But more than 800 people have narrated from him. Now obviously for us, these are just figures, but they are large figures when you have had more than 800 students in your life. And in such a, in such a short space of time, so many have learned. He was born 19 years before uh, the Hijrah. And at the same time, he was born in a place known as Dos because he is from the tribe of Dos. So he was known as Dosi. Dosi was his surname, so to speak, where he came from. But his name, his real proper name was not Abu Hurairah. Like you know, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, that's not his proper name. That was just a pet name they used to call him by, Abu Bakr. His real name, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, was Abdullah ibn Uthman. But they called him Abu Bakr for various reasons. Similarly, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, his name when he was born, his father had called him Abdi Shams. When he became a Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ asked him, what's your name? He said, Abdi Shams. He said, Bal anta Abdul Rahman. You are not the slave or you are not the worshipper of the son. You are the worshipper of the most merciful. So he was known as Abdul Rahman. His father was Sakhar. So he was Abdul Rahman ibn Sakhar. 
if someone says who was Abu Huraira, we should immediately say he was Abdul Rahman ibn Sakhr radiallahu anhu. How did he become a Muslim? There was a man by the name of At-Tufayl ibn Amr al-Dawsi. He was from the same tribe, from the same area. He had visited Mecca before the hijrah of Muhammad in order to make his hajj. Those days they used to make hajj. The hajj was a little bit different. They used to make hajj for the wrong reasons, for the, for the gods that were in the Kaaba and so on. So the people of Quraysh called him and told him, you know what, you are an honorable man. You are a good man. There is a man from amongst us who's causing problems. The problems he's causing is he is saying, don't worship the gods. Don't follow your forefathers blindly. You need to know, worship the one who made you alone and so on. And it's causing a split. So we want you to talk to him. We want you to try and convince him to stop whatever he is doing. At-Tufayl ibn Amr, he happened to go to Muhammad and he spoke to him. He had a chat with him. He said, look, these people are saying this. When he was finished, Muhammad said, can I read for you a few verses of the Quran? And the Prophet read a few verses of the Quran. This man was shocked. He was stunned. He was taken aback. He said, this is the truth. And he said, if this is what you are calling towards, then I bear witness that you are a messenger. And I bear witness that your message is the truth. So basically, that is how he accepted Islam. The Prophet ﷺ sent him to his tribe. When he went to his tribe, initially, no one accepted Islam. Besides, Abu Tufayl, which means his father, and a young boy known as Abu Huraira. So Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu in his youth, he accepted Islam at the hands of At-Tufayl ibn Amr, who was from the same clan, who had come from Mecca back with Islam to tell his people. Initially, no one accepted Islam. But this is how Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu accepted Islam. When did he then meet with Muhammad <coughs> Just after the battle of Khaybar, the beginning of the seventh year of Hijrah, he had made the Hijrah to Medina Munawwara from where he was in a dose. And he met with Muhammad and he was a poor person because he left behind everything. The uniqueness of those people at that time was that no matter how big the business was, no matter how powerful an empire they may have had, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if they had to, they gave it up. And they started afresh and again. And they didn't mind. If they suffered a loss and they lost everything, they did not become saddened because they knew Allah was with them and Allah did it for a reason. So they got back up onto their own feet. Bismillah, they worked very hard and a few years later, they managed to achieve something. And this is a lesson for all of us. A day for you, a day against you. In business, you will have profit and you will also have loss. Do not become depressed. So Abu anhu initially was one of those from Ashabu Sufa. Sufa meaning when he came to Medina Munawwara, he was always with Muhammad He came with his mother. Actually, even though his mother was not a Muslimah, but he wanted to take care of his mother. So he said, even if she is not, so what? Let me take her. Perhaps she will become a Muslim one day. So he used to look after his mother. And at the same time, he used to remind his mother every day, I've met Muhammad This is what he is saying. And the mother used to say bad words about Muhammad And it used to hurt him so much. And he used to think to himself, one hand I have my own mother, the other hand I have Muhammad And definitely I'm trying my best. But you know what? It's all in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, he was quite tall. He was very broad shouldered. He was quite dark in complexion. He had a gap between his front two teeth. And he was a person who says that I used to suffer days of hunger. 
because I was a poor person. It's embarrassing to go and beg. It's embarrassing to go and ask. The muhajireen were the people from Mecca. The Ansar were the people who had helped them. The muhajireen were busy in their businesses. The Ansar were busy in their land and their fields. And I was sitting there as Habu Sufa, neither from here nor from there. This was a third party of people. He says, I used to sit with Muhammad so much so that one day, it was just me and Muhammad was speaking and there were some of the people of Sufa. Let's listen carefully. And the Prophet says, who is going to lay his cloth here? A cloth meaning to sit down in front of me, lay his cloth here and listen to what I have to say until I finish and then roll up the cloth. Whoever does that will never forget anything I have said. This was the dua. And Abu Hurairah was the only one there. He laid his cloth, he was smiling, he listened very carefully. When the Prophet after some time was finished saying what he wanted, Abu Hurairah rolled up his cloth and he says, Wallahi, from that day, I, I have not forgotten a single word that was uttered by Muhammad hence the narration of hadith. Even though he came after Khaybar, he was only with Muhammad for approximately four years, only four years. There were others who were there from the beginning. But when it comes to memory, this was the dua. There was another dua also. What was it? The Prophet ﷺ was once walking into the masjid and he noticed Zayd ibn Thabit anhu and someone else, a few of the companions sitting from among them. Abu Huraira was just called in anhu, and he told them or he was listening to them making a dua. So one was making this dua, the other one was making that dua, and the Prophet ﷺ was saying Ameen to the dua. And here comes the turn of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. To have the Prophet ﷺ say Ameen to your dua is a big deal. So he thought quickly and he made a dua. Oh Allah, subhanallah, what an amazing dua. He says, Oh Allah, grant me knowledge that I will never forget. And the Prophet ﷺ says Ameen. So the other two who heard quickly said, and we also want knowledge we will not forget. So the Prophet ﷺ says, that young boy from Dawes has already made that dua. So this was Abu Hurairah powerful memory, he didn't forget anything. So much so that the great Sahaba عنهم, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, عنهم, Ibn Abbas عنهم, and so many others, they used to refer people to him. You want to know what the Prophet ﷺ said? Go to Abu Hurairah. So, radiallahu anhu, he was a, a powerful man. Also, there is the narration of the acceptance of Islam of his mother. His own mother, she, her name was Umaymah binti Sufayh ibn al-Harith. She, as I said, used to say bad words against Muhammad sallallahu And one day, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu realized that these duas of the Prophet sallallahu are powerful. He, he heard a bad word from his mother about Muhammad sallallahu He went to him and he said, Oh Muhammad sallallahu oh messenger, please make dua that my mother accepts Islam because she is saying bad words about you that I cannot really bear to hear. So he says, Oh Allah, grant hidayah, meaning guidance. Oh Allah, guide the mother of Abu Huraira. And obviously they said, Amin. He went home almost instantly after some time. As he went home, he noticed the door was open. His mother was already ready. She had worn her clothes. And she says, Oh Abu Huraira, I want you to bear witness that I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. And he was shocked because he hadn't yet spoken to her. And he quickly ran back to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that, Oh Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, here is my mother. Come with me. She's bearing witness. You just made a dua. Oh Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, I want you to make another dua for me. Make dua that 
all the mu'mineen love Abu Huraira and his mother, and we love all the mu'mineen as well. He said, Oh Allah, grant love in the hearts of the true believers for Abu Huraira and his mother, and grant love in their hearts for him. And subhanAllah, he says that in my life, I have always met believers, true believers. They've only been full of love towards me. And the same applies in my heart. I've only been full of love towards other believers. So these are the du'as of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the pious from amongst us, if we take their du'a, perhaps we would be able to achieve a lot. So this is as far as the hijrah of this man, as well as the way his mother had accepted Islam is concerned. Similarly, we have a beautiful story where at the time of Marwan ibn al-Hakam, after the Rasulullah sallallahu time, Abu, uh, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu lived on. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu made him the Amir of Bahrain at one stage for a short period of time. And he was reluctant, but he took it on. And after some time, Abu, uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu called him and asked him, look, you earned so much, you got so much money, where did you get it from? He said, you know what, I give it back to you. Here it is, take it back. So he gave the amount back and so on. And Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu obviously told him, you are no longer going to be the Amir of Al-Bahrain. And he, did, he said, no problem, he carried on. And people knew that this man was honest, but there are mischief makers who sometimes create mischief. So after some time, Umar ibn Khattab who called him back and told him, I want you to become an Amir of a certain place. So he says, is it because? Meaning, why is it? In fact, he refused. He said, I don't want. So Umar ibn Khattab who told him, I'm asking you, why are you refusing? He said, I don't need anyone to say bad about me, to think evil about me. I don't need any, anyone to accuse me Therefore, I'd rather remain a normal, ordinary person without big responsibility so that I can be respected by one and all. This was something that Abu Huraira uh, had gone through during his life. Marwan ibn al-Hakam, he was one of the umara, one of the leaders of Banu Umayyah. He was the Khalifa at the time. Towards the end, in fact, when Abu Huraira passed away, he was the Khalifa. His name was Marwan ibn al-Hakam. There was a time when people started lying. Lying in the sense that anything they want to say, they would just say, Abu Huraira says that the Prophet said, and then they would say something. So it was separated where people had to then find out from this man, look, what is going on? And he would clarify it. So Marwan ibn al-Hakam decided, I want to test this man. So he called him and he made him sit and he asked him to recite hadith of Rasulullah He says, I want you to recite the hadith as many as you can. So he recited according to one of the narrations, 100 hadith. And behind the curtain, Marwan ibn al-Hakam had a man writing the hadith down. So with, the, uh, with all the details of the hadith, with every single word of the hadith, everything was written down. One year later, he called Abu Huraira anhu and told him, you know, a year back I called you and I asked you for these hadith. I want you to read, for the, you, to read them for me again. So Marwan ibn al-Hakam says, Wallahi, not a single word was different. Not one word was changed. A year later, 100 hadith, exactly the same. And then he told him that I actually had a scribe behind the curtain writing down what you say. And from that day on, there was so much of respect that Marwan ibn al-Hakam had for this great Sahabi Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. So much so that he visited him when he was sick and ill. 
and he asked him, in fact, he asked him what was wrong with him. And Abu Hurairah was a man of only good words. So he didn't want to explain all the details and so on. So Marwan ibn al-Hakam understood this and he said, Shafaqallah. You know, it's normal, it's usual to say, may Allah give you shifa. So instead of saying Amin to the dua, Abu Hurairah anhu says that, Oh Allah, I am longing to meet you. And I pray that you are longing to meet me. So Marwan bin Hakam heard this dua. And anyway, a little while later, he walked out. He took a few steps away. And Abu Hurairah passed away. He passed away. So it is reported that his janazah was attended by the masses. The masses. Because he was a person who was known as a pious man. There are people who tried to delete this man from the chain of narrators of the hadith of Rasulullah in order to delete parts of the deen. A lot of the deen came through Abu Hurairah This evening we heard why and how. He had a memory and so on. And this is the reason why. But those who wanted to destroy the Islam, they start speaking bad about Abu Hurairah. So what do they say? They say, oh, he was only with the Prophet for four years. How come he knows so much more? Perhaps he was lying. Perhaps he was this. But there are so many companions who bear witness that he was a man who knew more than them, even though they were with the Prophet ﷺ for many more years. So another beautiful incident of this particular man, the amount of respect he had for the elderly, for his own parents, for, for the, those of the community who had knowledge and so on. I will give you two examples. It is reported that every single time he left the home, he was living with his mother. He would go to his mother's room and knock on the door. And he would greet his mother, Oh, assalamu alaikum, my beloved mother. And the mother would say, Wa alaikum assalam, my beloved son. And he would make a dua before he leaves the house. May Allah have mercy on you because you looked after me when I was little. And the mother would reply to say, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on you because you have fulfilled my rights when I was old. Meaning you have taken care of me when I am old. And then he would walk away. When he enters the house, first thing he would knock on his mother's door and the same statements would repeat themselves. This carried on for some time until he passed away or she passed away in fact. So this was one of his qualities. Another quality, once he saw two men walking. Two men walking. One looked younger than the other. So he, called, he tapped the younger one and he says, who is this man to you? So he said, it's my father. He said, I have three pieces of advice for you. Don't ever call him by his first name. This is the advice of Abu Hurairah. Don't call your father by his first name. And secondly, don't walk in front of him. And thirdly, don't sit before he is seated. This was the advice of Abu Hurairah. So from this, it goes to show that the respect of a parent... And not only that, the respect of the elderly, something that would result in lots of barakah in knowledge, lots of barakah in your memory. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. What a beautiful companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What a great man. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us even a little bit of this beautiful knowledge and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness in memory, meaning power in the memory that we have and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our shortcomings wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina muhammad subhanallahi bihamdihi subhanakallahumma bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk